0: So my buddy Grant was nearing 600 pounds when he decided he needed to make a change in his life. Um, He was depressed and angry at where he was going. And he knew that walking outside shouldn't be painful or exhausting. That living primarily on his bed and his couch wasn't something he wanted to do for the rest of his life. He decided he wanted to change. So he looked for help. You remember me in high school and he's been seeing the stuff that we've been talking about for fitness, for mental health, and he reached out to me a few months ago, and I've been helping him ever since. And if you've been following our podcast, The Mood Lifters, uh, Grant has lost over 100 pounds. He feels healthier. He feels lighter. He feels happier, and he feels like he's getting his life back, and it has translated to other aspects of his life, and he's made a lot of progress, not only in the weight loss, but in his mental health journey, his financial journey, and all that stuff. As a result, we created a mood lifters Facebook group where we actually help people exercise for depression. And today I decided to get a little bit deeper on nutrition, mental health. This is basically a foundational guide for nutrition and mental health. And being a precision nutrition certified coach, I love their methodologies and coaching processes. So I decided to share some of them to you guys and to help you on your journey. And I use a variation of this helping my mood lifters on their exercise for mental health journey. This video is gonna consist of a foundational guide for nutrition for mental health. Anyone can use this guide, but I'm speaking, I'm typically speaking to people that have a few hundred pounds to lose who are depressed and want to engage in a more active lifestyle for their mental health. But regardless, anyone could find benefit from this. So with that being said, let's get into the details and all the juiciness. So for nutrition and mental health, we don't really think about how much nutrition has an impact on our mood and well-being. And sometimes the foods that we consume can drive our mood and well-being. That's what I call the food mood. So essentially, if you think about it like this, sometimes the foods that bring us dopamine pleasures like cookies and Oreos, I can't resist Oreos myself. I got to limit them. I got to watch them. I, I don't keep them in my house for that reason. But they give us this instant dopamine pleasure. But over time, we feel like shit after eating them. This is because they're high calorie foods. They cause us discomfort over time, especially in large amounts. They're not very nutritious. They don't provide us the nutrients our body needs to function or for recovery or for brain health and so on. And Research supports that those who eat a, a diet high in processed foods have an increased risk of developing depression. And with all this, guys, I still can't resist my greasy you know, hamburger or pizza or anything like that. But here's the thing. It's so important to understand that moderation is key to success on your nutrition and mental health journey. You can indulge from time to time, that's okay, but we should do have this 80-20 rule where we focus on 80% eating clean or whole foods and 20% eating dirty and indulgent foods. If you focus on that 80-20 rule, you can probably get a good amount of nutrients in your body to produce the neurotransmitters your brain needs to function, to provide our bodies with the things we need, to fight back against free radicals, and so on. So I want you to have this in the back of your mind, food mood. The quality of your food can impact your thoughts, your energy levels, and so on. And that leads me into adherence as well. Adherence and moderation are the key to success on your nutrition for mental health journey. You need to be able to stick with the diet. This is why I don't tell people to quit everything cold turkey. I don't say, oh, follow this meal plan or anything like that. This diet of yours differs based on your body weight, your genetics, your activity level, culture, and more. This also means that there's not one best diet. There's only one that works best for you. And that could change throughout time. This may seem overwhelming and kind of be frustrating that there's no secret sauce to this, but what I'm going to do is provide you with some foundational things that anybody can do. And it's basically like a good starting point for everyone to work on. Ultimately, I want you to understand that a nutrition journey is flexible. Like I mentioned before with the 80-20, You can diet flexibly. You can indulge from time to time, but we want to limit those indulgences. We really want to focus on the whole foods and then the indulgent foods once or twice a week, but working towards that does take time. So what I say is to start making adjustments slowly, and we're going to get into this in more detail. And I'll explain a little bit further with my buddy, Chris. Chris was one of our first mood lifters, and he started his journey with me. And in our first talks, he told me that he could not resist Coke or soda in particular, he's like, there's one thing I can't change. It's soda. Like I, I can, I'll work on the other food stuff, but I, I don't want to get rid of soda. If I told him to get rid of soda, he probably wouldn't be able to stick with the diet. So what we decided to do is turn that Coke that's full of sugar into a Diet Coke. This made it zero calories. And this also made it so that we're not getting as much processed sugar in our bodies. So as we started to turn his regular sodas, regular Cokes to Coke zeroes, We decided to moderate the portions from that. He used to have multiple cans of Coke Zero a day, and then we built off of that. We actually took one Coke Zero out a day, and then we even turned some of them into half a can, and he's been making progress like this. And this is only one of the adjustments I asked him to make. And I'm going to go into other adjustments that you can make for yourself, but uh, this is a journey that we have to take slowly. Some things that we're hesitant to change towards, we do micro steps towards. If you're hesitant towards getting rid of a pizza a day, half a pizza. If you're hesitant towards you know, a certain sugary thing that you enjoy, try to moderate it to every other day. And that's, how, that's a good way to start. You'll start to see some progress from that. And then we can also incorporate healthier food options slowly in that as a result. And as a result of this, you're reducing calories, you're moderating your calories, you're getting higher quality calories and so on. And I wanted to talk about energy balance or calories in that uh, one of the laws of thermodynamics is that energy is not created or destroyed, it's transferred. If you take in more energy than you expend, you store it as fat, water, muscle. And then if you expend more energy than you take in, you release it, fat, water, muscle. The calories that we consume and the calories that we expend are determined by various factors. Our stress levels can impact our calorie consumption. Our hunger and appetite can impact calorie consumption. Our emotions can impact calorie consumption. Our environment and the foods that are around us can impact calorie consumption and also our culture. And then for expenditure, it's very similar things. Um, exercise and movement are involved as well. Metabolism, genetics, and so on. Ultimately, this means that calories determine the rate of weight gain and weight loss. We also need to understand that moderation is key in this regard as well, because if we restrict too many calories, it can impact our testosterone levels, for example, or it can impact you know our hunger. It could make us feel worse and make us feel like crap. And I can tell you from a personal example with somebody like Grant, if you tell him to go on a 500 calorie diet, it's not going to be sustainable because he has he had about 400 pounds to lose. What worked well for him was to make small adjustments in his diet, start eating healthier options. And then the weight came off and it was just that slight adjustment. We need to understand where we are and where we want to be. And sometimes we have to take those small steps and calories to see the results. And how we do that is Instead of having all the greasy foods we had throughout the day, we introduce whole foods throughout the day instead. This will actually make us consume a lot less calories on average because we're going to be four for longer. And then these whole foods also contain lower calories and more nutrients. If your goal is weight loss, we want to be able to do the following. Stick with the diet for the long-term. The diet has to make us not ravenously hungry where we binge eat. It needs to facilitate consistent weight loss. And then it has to also allow us to eat as much as we can while still losing weight. All in all, the best diet is the one that works best for you. If you're on a diet and you're losing weight and you're not as hungry, that's an incredible diet. And things will change as time progresses and you will make adjustments over time. But if you can get to that level, that's a very good spot to be in. Now, not all calories are equal. Calories come from macronutrients, which are major nutrients that contain energy. These consist of proteins, carbs, and fats. And each macronutrient has a specific use for our bodies, things like energy, regulating body temperature, hormones, and more. So let's break down each. Let's start with protein. Proteins are your, main, your body's main building blocks. They create things like enzymes, they create things like hormones, antibodies, and neurotransmitters. Uh, neurotransmitters like dopamine, norepinephrine, and serotonin can play a large part in our brain health. So it's important to consume proteins regularly. Out of all the macronutrients that we will consume, protein is one that we recommend consuming throughout the day. This is why people you'll hear things like eating four to six meals a day and keeping the protein throughout the day. Proteins are also broken down into amino acids, which help our bodies in various ways. And because of this, one thing I recommend is having a diverse amount of protein sources. Some protein sources to consider are animal proteins, plant proteins, and then protein powder. With animal proteins, you got to understand that depending on the proteins you eat, they can contain healthier fats and minerals like iron. With plant proteins, they don't really have a high profile of amino acids like animal proteins would, but they have a good amount of fiber and good amount of other nutrients. And then protein powder, one scoop will replace a protein serving... Whey, for example, has one of the highest amino acid profiles, so I would recommend keeping a protein powder supplement on the side just in case. Now let's get into fats. Fats are our most energy-dense macronutrient. It provides prolonged energy, it regulates our body temperature, and aids in various hormonal processes. Dietary fats consist of fish, nuts, seeds, eggs, avocado, and other oils. For those that are dealing with depression and want to know about omega-3s and how they help brain health, I'll throw a link in the description below that talks about that from our previous blog post. Now, finally, let's talk about carbohydrates. Carbohydrates are one of the more controversial macronutrients. It is known as a non-essential macronutrient because our body will produce them from proteins and fats. So, Because of this, many nutrition myths arise where it's like, oh, carbs are bad. They're going to do this. You're going to do that. If you have a combination of proteins and fats, you can create a very well balanced diet. And with carbohydrates, a lot of them have a good amount of nutrients in them. Now, here's the thing. Depending on your activity level, you may not need that many. For myself that I'm very physically active, I have to have carbohydrates in my diet for exercise recovery and performance. And this is because carbohydrates are probably one of the fastest sources of energy transfer in our bodies. So when we consume it, carbohydrates are easy to break down because you get it right in your body. It's broken down quickly, done deal. This is why people who engage in high intensity activity like powerlifting, bodybuilding, long distance running, prefer to have carbs as a quick source of energy. Now, when we're on a diet, if we're dieting for weight loss, we typically, I typically recommend people removing calories from carbohydrates because it is a non-essential macronutrient. But this does not mean that we're eliminating them completely because you may need them for blood sugar. For example, I've been on a ketogenic diet before and trying to do it I almost passed out because my blood sugar was low. So it's important to take that into consideration as well. So if you're going to be on a diet, probably limit the carbohydrates, but don't eliminate them. right? And in addition to that, Think about using them on certain times. If you're going to go through an intense workout session, you probably get some carbohydrates beforehand or even after your workout session for recovery. Now that we have the macronutrients out of the way, let's get into the micronutrients, the smaller nutrients like vitamins and minerals. These come from whole foods that we consume, fruits, vegetables, other starches. And you're going to find this kind of stuff in the vegetable aisle. You'll see some potatoes, you'll see some strawberries, blueberries, apples, bananas, et cetera. Those are your whole foods that contain the vitamins and minerals you need. What's great about nutrient-dense foods is that we can eat a ton of them. So if we use one fist serving of veggies, and I'll go into portions, servings in a little bit, but a fist serving of veggies is around 25 calories. It's a good amount of nutrients. And think about having four of those. You're probably going to be full for a while. And then also with these kinds of foods, I know a lot of people get grossed out by greens, but they're kind of like an acquired taste. And once you eat them, you, don't, you, you tend to not only like them. But you also like the feeling they give you. And I can tell you from personal experience, I'm not a fan of broccoli. I'm not a fan of asparagus, but I'll buy some popcorn seasoning. This is gonna sound weird, but this this helps me. This is just a little tip that might help you. I buy these kernel seasons popcorn seasoning that's ranch, and just pour them on my veggies and they taste pretty good. That's something I would recommend. I also put it on rice. It actually mixes and tastes pretty well. So quick tip right there. Now. When you eat whole foods, they're gonna give you more than vitamins and minerals. There's other nutrients that you'll get from it, but we're gonna focus primarily on vitamins and minerals. So with vitamins, they're nutrients that help with repair, digestion, nervous system function, and more. Some of them are fat fat soluble, meaning that they absorb very well with fatty foods like fish, for example. And then they also stay in our bodies for long periods of time. These are vitamins like A, D, E, and K. Others are more water soluble. This means that they actually leave our body a lot quicker So it's important to consume these throughout the day. These are B vitamins and vitamin C. You're going to get a lot of these from fruits and vegetables. With the exception of vitamin D, vitamin D you can get from foods like fish or you can get from outdoor sun exposure. That's why I recommend getting at least 10 to 15 minutes of outdoor sun exposure, not only for your vitamin D levels, but it's also good for your mood and well-being as well. Now with minerals, these are good for overall bone structure and other bodily processes. These are calcium, iron, magnesium, zinc, and more. Um, You can get these minerals from dark leafy greens like spinach, nuts, seeds, red meat contains them as well, and so on. Now we did not talk about fiber, but I wanted to dive a little bit more in depth on fiber because fiber is what you're gonna get from the whole foods that you consume. And fiber helps with keeping us full for long periods, periods of time. Eating them can help with our gut health, and that helps reduce the risk of colon cancer as well, and regular bowel movements. The minimal intake of fiber is around 25 grams a day, but it's recommended we shoot for more, usually with guys around 48 grams a day and the women around 35 grams a day. And for reference, one fifth serving of veggies is around three to four grams of dietary fiber. Let's also talk about hydration in this regard. Staying hydrated keeps us satiated, and it helps with our overall health. It can help with temperature regulation and even mental health. Research supports that people who drink less water on average have a higher risk of depression and anxiety. This is why it's so important to stay hydrated. And I recommend on average around eight cups of water a day. You can shoot for a gallon a day, that's a good average. That's a good ballpark for people that are a lot more physically active, Uh, work towards that. Now let's get into portion control methods. This is like the foundational stuff that I recommend everyone to start by doing. This foundational stuff is, has nothing to do with calorie tracking or macronutrient tracking, but you're essentially doing that. You know, you see all these people are like, oh, we track your calories, track your macros. I'm going to make it straight to the point. No BS for anyone to start with. Calorie tracking and macronutrient tracking are things that I would recommend somebody that's going into like a, a competition or anything along the lines of that. They're really serious about competing in mixed martial arts, you know, dropping down some weight and so on. So what I'll do is just I'm gonna break down the foundational portion control methods because this anyone can use and it's I think it's so important to start with. This is something that I learned from Precision Nutrition and it's something that I followed in the past but I didn't know there was like this accurate measuring process of doing so. But this actually helps. So think about these: it like palm, fist, cupped handful, and thumb. Palm protein, fist vegetables, cupped handful carbs, thumb is fats. I recommend these portions per meal. There's about four, six meals a day. This is a good way. This is a good foundational way to start. One to two palm servings of protein. One palm serving is around 20 to 30 grams of protein, which will vary around 100 to 200 calories based on the foods you consume. Palm serving. Veggies, one to two fifth servings of veggies. This is going to give you a good amount of vitamins and minerals from the foods that you consume. Make sure this is diverse as well. Spinach, asparagus, kale, broccoli. Remember, one fifth serving is around 25 calories. Fifth serving of veggies. Cup handful of carbs. Remember, these are one to two per meal. Okay. And a cup handful of carbs is around 20 to 30 grams of carbohydrates, which is around 80 to 120 calories, sometimes a little bit more. If there's a little bit more nutrients in the carbohydrates, remember, one to two couple handfuls per meal for four to six meals. Lastly, fats. Fats are most energy dense. So we just use a thumb. It's one to two thumb servings per meal. This is around seven to 12 grams of fats or around 60 to 110 calories, depending on the fat source. One to two thumb servings per meal. Remember, shoot one to two for each one of these for about four to six meals a day. And if if, if you feel overwhelmed by this at first, start with doing this one time a day and then build up to that. Eventually, you'll get comfortable and be able to have that 80-20 where it's 80% whole foods and 20% uh, indulgent foods. And you're going to see a lot of results from this, not only for your weight loss goals as time progresses, also for your physical and mental health. You're just going to feel good overall after consuming these and working towards this. And for those that have a lot of weight to lose, I'm going to put Precision Nutrition's Portion Control Calculator below so you can track it for yourself and you could see what you need throughout the day. Once you start incorporating this, one thing I want you guys to take into consideration is that weight loss is never consistent. It's going to gonna stagnate for weeks at a time. And it's so important to stay vigilant and be patient about this process because it can be nerve wracking if you're not seeing weight loss. But here are things that you need to consider before making any adjustments to the portion control methods I just showed you. Number one, are you following four to six whole food meals a day? If you're not, make sure you work up to that first. Number two, have you been taking front and back progress photos of yourself every two to four weeks? In my opinion, this is the best measurement of progress, best measurement of whether or not you're losing weight. Sometimes you'll get to a certain point where weight loss starts to stagnate and you feel like nothing is working. But if you look in the mirror, you look a lot better. This is because it takes our body some time to catch up. Sometimes, you know, stress levels are high. Sometimes um, you're gaining some muscle in the process. Sometimes you know, you, you had a lot more sodium one day. So don't freak out too much about the scale weight. And I'll go into this a little bit further and really focus on the body progress. If you're not seeing any progress, physical progress, then we can go deeper. But that's one of the most important things that I would recommend doing for yourself. Another thing I would recommend taking consideration is are you sleeping well? If you're not and the sleep's been terrible, don't make any adjustments to the plan just yet or add to the plans. If you feel like you're ravenously hungry as well with the sleep, I would recommend increasing the carbohydrate serving, maybe add a half or maybe add one full carbohydrate serving, which is an extra hundred calories. And that adjustment may make you feel better, may help you with sleep. It may help you being less ravenously hungry, and it may help with energy levels as well. Like I mentioned, I did mention the scale, but you shouldn't be emotionally attached to the scale. The scale is just a measurement of progress. It's like a data thing. Um, What I do is I check the scale weight. I take the average of the seven days and I monitor that. And if I see progress, great. If not, I'll wait another week or two. And if I don't see any progress, I'll make adjustments afterwards. And if everything is good, you feel good, but you're not seeing physical progress, then you can make adjustments. And when you make adjustments, I recommend primarily from carbohydrates. Take a half serving or full serving of carbohydrates from one meal. That will be enough for you to get the ball rolling and be patient with the progress. You want to continue monitoring that after two to four weeks and see if the progress is going and be patient with it, guys. I know it's frustrating to be patient with the process because you want to see constant weight loss, but a healthy amount of weight loss is around one to two pounds a week for most people. For others who have a lot of weight to lose, they may even drop three to five pounds a week. So take that into consideration as well. Now, with proteins and fats, I don't really recommend taking anything out from those, unless your doctor or physician tells you to. All right, so we're getting close to the end of this. Uh, I wanted to give you guys a few nutritional tips that are going to help for mental health and weight loss. Number one is to limit processed foods. Don't eliminate, like I've said before, do not eliminate processed foods, limit them. We want to have some sort of sanity in our diets. We don't want to follow chicken and broccoli every day. If you're following bodybuilder style, we want to be able to indulge from time to time which leads to another tip of mine, which is to have an occasional free meal. You're indulging with family and friends and it's just one dessert, one little nice dessert. It's not a full platter of foods. It's something small to keep you satiated for a long period of time. In that regard too, I want to, I want to give you this tip that applies to everything. Chew slowly. Your body It takes a, your body a while for, for fullness to catch up. So chew very slowly and really appreciate the food you're eating. Focus on eating till you're 80% full, not completely full where you're just like, oh, I can't walk, but 80% fully, like you're nearly there and then stop there. Another tip I would recommend is to track your food intake. And this is just like simple as a meal checklist oh, meal one, meal two, meal three, or even a food journal. Having an awareness piece like this allows you to look at your diet and make adjustments over time. And it also allows you to figure out what kind of foods you eat, if you're stressed out, or you emotionally eat one time, you can kind of see where food gets the best of us. And when you when you realize that you can make adjustments for that. For myself, I have trouble stress eating before bed, all the emotions start hitting in. So in understanding this, I try to limit the junk food in my house. And I try to stop eating three hours before bed, because the following day, I feel like crap, like I get this indigestion in the morning. So I decided to stop eating foods three hours before bed. What I do in that regard is if I have to, I'll brush my teeth and wear my retainers and just drink water for the rest of the night. And then lastly, I want, I want you to focus on getting a good night's rest. Good sleep can regulate our appetite and our feelings of fullness. And sleep deprivation can make things worse in regards to energy consumption because research has shown that people who are sleep deprived tend to consume more calories on average. So it's important to get that, take that into consideration, get your sleep. If you need help on sleep, link in the description below. I got you. In addition to that, I'll throw a link in the description for our sleep supplement, which has melatonin and L-theanine, and this will provide calmness before bed, help you sleep through the night. If you need it, great. If not, no big deal, but it's something I recommend. It's a peach tea flavored drink, so it tastes pretty damn good. So in this video, I covered a ton of things from nutrients to portion control, nutrition tips, and so on. I hope this helped you set a foundation for using nutrition as a way to improve your mood and well-being. Guys, you deserve to be happy. You deserve to feel healthy. You deserve to feel energized. And lastly, if you need help on your fitness for mental health journey, I created a a Lift Your Morning Mood 30-day course for you guys. You can get it in the description below. And with that, guys, I want to thank you for watching, and I'll see you in the next one.